Hello and welcome to another episode of our weekly revolutionary podcast. This is Pastor Tito Sotolongo, your podcast pastor, as well as pastor of Tabernacle of Church, where my job is to help you find faith in Christ and to follow Jesus with your life. And so today we are kicking off Holy Week with Palm Sunday with a unique perspective, because obviously there's the majority of those, the majority of Christians are celebrating Palm Sunday at home. And so instead of just focusing on how we ought to welcome Christ into our lives in the way that people were welcoming Jesus that day, you know, when right before he sacrificed himself on the cross, right before he atoned for our sins, I wanted to take a unique perspective at one of Jesus' followers, which was John himself, who found himself forced quarantined, all right, on an island one time. And his experience, his experience is meant to help us to find how can we navigate through these interesting times. And so let's kick off Holy Week right and let's dive into God's word and let's see what he has to say to us today. Amen. Well, guys, right now I was going to, as I was starting, thinking about today, actually, and how to start. It's, I ain't going to lie, I spent a lot of times just getting stuck this week. All right, I spent a lot of times getting stuck because it's it's weird to kind of try to process to say, okay, how how can I try to be that vessel, be a relay, just to encourage you right now in your moment, right? And this is as close as I'm ever going to get to you, you know, for right now in this moment. And, and I know it's crazy, but I, one thing I do know is that what's this is not going to be normal. It's just it is what it is, right? We're kind of stuck in the in the middle of the story and. And right now, right, it's things right now are not the way they used to be, obviously. And let's be honest, the longer that this stays this way, then things are changing. I mean, you, you cannot deny, you cannot expect that we're going to go back to normal like if none of this ever happened. Be honest. I mean, literally, how long do you think after we don't have to stay at home and stay safe and none of that stuff? How long do you think it's going to be okay that you won't have a panic attack? If you hear someone cough or sneeze in public, all right, I mean, how long is it going to take, right? It's going to be a while, right? Things are not going to go back to normal, and I'm sorry to say this. There's probably a lot of things that won't ever go back to normal. This is just the times that we're living when we are stuck in this moment. But here's the thing that I do know, that this is not going to last forever. And when it's all said and done, we are going to tell stories about this time. I want you to think about that. I, I was actually processing that because my kids are really small and they kind of understand, but not really. Right. And, and here's the thing. I know that when the older we get, I know we're going to tell the stories. Dad, you remember about that time when when school got canceled? Remember that time when just spring you know, was canceled and we had to stay home all those times? We're going to talk about this in the future. Guaranteed. I'm going to be sitting with my grandkids. And be telling them about this story where I was. And, and this is what motivates me right now is. It makes me think, what kind of story am I going to tell? Not what kind of, what did the politicians do and what did the news media do or, or what people did. No, no, no. What, well, I'm, I will talk about the heroes and, st- you know, the people that are, you know, you're talking about our first responders, our, our, our doctors, our, you know, if you guys are watching and you have family like that, man, paramedics and nurses, man, God bless you for real. God bless you guys. You guys are heroes for real. And, and yes, I want to tell your story, but at the same time, what kind of story am I going to tell about me? I was like, well, guys, during, those, uh, during that time, sat around the house and you know, did, did, did the lawn and 
did some silly dances on and put them on the internet. You know, like, which is all said, you know, that's, that's all fun, right? We can tell stories about all the TV we watch and all the time we spend relaxing and doing virtual things. All right, we're going to tell that story. But at the same time, I hope and I want to be able to tell a story of a difference that God made, not just in my life, but through my life. Listen, we all, I'm not the only one, you, we are going to tell the story of this moment in the future. Well, what story are we going to tell? What are you going to say about how you lived your life during this time? Now, we're going to look at a passage of scripture from the Apostle John that helps us because he was in a similar moment at one time in his life. See, John was an interesting character because he was one of Jesus' original 12 disciples. And he was there during some of the most critical moments, especially during the last week of Jesus' life. Today, is we're celebrating Palm Sunday, the first week of, well, the beginning of the week of Holy Week. Which is an important week for Christians because we are marking the final seven days of Jesus on earth. And we call this Sunday before the resurrection, before Passover, we call it Palm Sunday because it was a Sunday that Jesus entered in the city of Jerusalem and the people welcomed him as a king. And he was riding on a donkey and they were putting palm branches on the ground and laying their clothes, which was the Jewish custom of like a royal welcome. It's like our modern day of kind of saying, yo, we're just going to lay out the red carpet for you. That's kind of what's happening there. And so Jesus is entering the city. John was one of those who was there. He saw the city welcome, welcome him as king. But then John was also there five days later to see Jesus, his best friend, crucified like a criminal. And within five or seven, within a few days of that royal coronation. But see, John was also there a few days after that. He was there on the day of resurrection, on Resurrection Sunday. John was there. He was one of the first, if not the first, to run and see the empty tomb out of all of the disciples. He was the first to see the empty tomb there. And so what a roller coaster it must have been for John to experience such a high, such a low, and then an insane high after that to know that Jesus rose from the grave and then he met and encountered the living Christ. See, that right there, that moment when he saw that empty tomb, that moment marked him forever. But there was another moment that happened years later, years later, where Jesus encounters John one last time. See, John, after that amazing victory, wow, man, Jesus is alive. Things are awesome. Things can't be any better after things couldn't be any worse. Things couldn't be any better. And then things took a turn for the worst. Jesus, as he ascended back to heaven, Years go by and all the apostles are spread out throughout the world. And they're going throughout the known world telling people about Jesus, telling them about the gospel and what, who he is and that in him we can have life. And John happens to be the oldest living apostle. He is said to have lived around and and died close to, you know, 90 something years old. And he lived long enough to see all 11 of his best friends murdered. All the other apostles, except for Judas, all the other apostles murdered were murdered for the gospel. As they went out throughout the world and telling people about Jesus, they said, well, some people couldn't take it. And some of them died very, a lot of them died very gruesome deaths. And John just died of old age, but he got to deal with all of that. And in fact, one moment, this is the moment we're going to talk about today where God meets John in this in-between place. See, John was actually out, John was sent over. John was sent 
to this island called Patmos. In fact, he was banished there. Or you know what? I'm going to use another phrase. He was quarantined, forced quarantined on this island called Patmos. And there it was deserted. There was hardly anything to eat. No, hardly any people or no one really. It was kind of like an island prison. And that island still exists today. You can visit it. See, it, this, in this island, John was banished there for the gospel, for telling other people about Jesus. And here John is stuck. He doesn't know, am I, am I going to get out of this quarantine, forced quarantine? Is this going to get any better? What's going to happen? I don't know. Well, that's when God, in fact, Jesus meets him in that place. And, and I believe that God's going to meet you in your quarantine right now. He's going to meet you and give you a word. In fact, John's experience that he has with Jesus there, his experience that he has give, gave him the same thing that can give us confidence to face any crisis, even if we don't know how long that crisis is going to last. So let's dive in to see what John had to say. This is in, we're going to read Revelation out of the book of Revelation, chapter 21. We're going to read just verses 1 through 8. And see here, right at the beginning, well, right at the beginning, at the end of the book of Revelation, by chapter 21, all of the crazy things, all of the, you know, how Jesus coming back and the end of the world and all that stuff, that's already happened. You know, the book of Revelation is a great read. It's very complicated for a lot of people. There's a lot of debates. But you know what? We're going to focus on one of the things that hardly anyone debates on. Okay, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm pretty sure there's people who are going to find some debate parts here. But we're going to focus on probably the best part, the very, 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 very end. When it's all said and done, sin and death and the devil have all been defeated and done with. Here, now, John reads in chapter 21. We're going to see what he sees as we're going to you know, read his experience. Because this final experience just puts a capstone and giving him a level of confidence that he can face any crisis. So check this out. Ready? First thing we know, where does his confidence come from? The fact that all things will be recreated in the future. Revelations chapter 21 Verses 1 through 3. We're going to read the first 1 and 2, first two verses. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, adorned for her husband. So here, first thing John is seeing is I saw something. And what he saw was the it's all going to end well. Right now, his situation isn't good, but he says, wow, one day everything is going to end well. And he sees again, what, what he sees is different. He, what he thinks or what you and I think of heaven today, guys, I want you to know that's not going to be heaven forever. I know we kind of have this weird mentality of heaven, like it's, it's a place that we go to forever. You know, when we die, I don't know if we've seen movies like that or, or it's just different concepts. I don't know. But here, John is saying, what is earth today? is going to be no more, but there's going to be another earth. And what is heaven is going to be a different heaven. Heaven and earth, the whole universe, is going to be recreated. The book of the Bibles opens with creation from nothing. And then here we're seeing that everything is going to be recreated out of something, out of everything. And heaven is not going to be a place to, in fact, I don't know if you caught that, heaven is coming to earth. Heaven is on its way. Heaven will come to earth. Well, heaven will be earth, earth will be heaven. And I mean, that's kind of crazy for me to think about. I wonder how far my current home address will be from my eternal address when this is all said and done, because we're still going to be here. It's kind of going to be crazy to process that. But we see this as he's looking and he sees this, you know, this heaven and earth, everything brand new. 
And in fact, what he's seeing as the New Jerusalem coming down, he, he doesn't just see a place. I mean, by the way, when he sees New Jerusalem, that's the capital city of the country of God. If, in fact, it is said that this city, because John talks about the measurements, this city measures to be four times the size of Alaska. Think about that. This city that is going to come down is going to be four times the size of Alaska. And there's going to be a lot more land because the seas aren't going to occupy the majority of the world. John said it like it does currently. And so we're going to have more places to explore, which is cool. But the thing is that this new Jerusalem, this new heaven isn't just a place. It's a people. Heaven is a place, not a people. It's just, that's, the, that's us. That's even the church. Like, you know, we've been saying over and over again, the church is not four walls. The church is people. But where people congregate, where the church people congregate, that place becomes a church. The church is both a place and a people. God, and, and here what we are seeing, heaven is, gonna, is a place and a people altogether. And, and he can't describe it any other way, but it looks like a wedding day. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we've seen all of those. And, we, you know, we, we have those moments when you are, if you've gone to a wedding and you're the guest, you know, everyone loves to see the bride on her, her walking way down, but everyone loves to see the husband, too, to see, yo, is he going to cry? Well, you know, what's his deal? That's how John describes it. This is a wedding. And, and if you think of a wedding, what happens? It's these two people who are leaving old lives and old patterns to become one and to chart a new course. That's what it is. And so here he is seeing God and mankind, humanity, coming together in a perfect relationship in a perfect relationship leaving behind the old ways and entering into a new final eternal state so that gave john uh, he was stuck all quarantine on that line he was like wow it's gonna it's going to be okay it's gonna be okay that gave him a level of confidence to face the moment but there's something even better that encouraged him even more because see when things will be recreated there's going to be one major thing that's going to happen the curse will be reversed Let's keep on reading verses three and four. Then I heard a loud voice say from the throne. So this is now God's talking. He says, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. I mean, look, that sounds exciting to me. That sounds amazing. I mean, we see this where God, he's not going to be this on this far off place, man. We are going to be tight. We're going to be one. I mean, we're going to be right there. At first, John says, I, you know, I saw something, but then God it kind of invites John in and says, no, no, look, really look in. Look what I'm about to do. And it's not just everything that's recreated, but the curse will be forever reversed. Look, everything that we are dealing with right now, again, that anxiety, worry, fear, right? Hatred, all the negativity that we're seeing online or in the media. I'm saying, I'm pretty sure we're all sick of it. I mean, look at sin itself. I mean, sickness, disease, viruses. God, Jesus is saying, look, one day all of that's going to be done. Oh, and they're never going to come back again. Never, never. And we see this beautiful image. I don't know if you just caught that. We see this tangible, intimate image where God says, I will personally wipe the tears from everyone's eyes. See, it's, it's just like a dad who's just, I'm pretty sure we've done that. Have you ever gotten hurt and kind of run to mom and dad when you were a little kid? Hopefully you were little and not like a teenager or anything like that, unless it was a big deal. No shame. Okay. And so you get hurt, right? And then you just, there's just something about mom and dad talking to you and say, hey, buddy, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. 
you know, we get that bad breakup, right? And you don't know anything, the end of the world. And you get mom telling you, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, here, God isn't just going to tell us one day, it's going to be okay. God is going to literally come to us and say, it is okay. It's done. It's over. It's over. Everything is okay. And no longer will we have to deal with this and have to worry about this. In fact, some of us, we are going to be in this moment. We're going to look back at our lives and we're going to see moments that we missed. Even though we're going to get to go to heaven, we're going to realize, wow, I could have lived for God more. I could have done so much more. And there's going to be a little element of regret. But even that, God is going to take away all of those and every single tear of shame, of regret, of pain. It's gone. No more. No more. And so that, I mean, encouraged John in that moment, not only that the curse will be reversed and that everything is going to be recreated, but in part of the recreation is this going to be this final point here, that the people of God are going to be rewarded. Yo, we're going to get something. I want you to see this. Look at this. Verses 5 and 8. Then the one seated on the throne says, look, yo, you got to look. I'm not done with you. Look again. It says, look, I am making everything new. I got to pause. Because he didn't say, look, I made speaking about how he's going to do in the future. No, Jesus is talking right now. And he's telling John, John, I know you see what's going to happen one day. It's not, you know, but I want you to know something. I am making presently all things new. I am doing things right now in the present that is going to lead to that future. And guys, I want to encourage you right now in this moment. This applies to our lives. God is currently doing things in preparation for that day. I want you to know that he is making all things new. We can trust in him. In fact, he even says this, write it down because these words are faithful and true. I think he told John, I don't know if this is just me speculating. He told John to write this down because he wanted John to remember and retell this and write it in such a way that look, because he wrote it down, I can retell this story. I can retell John's experience and it impacts my life and it's now impacting yours. It says, write this down for the one who is saying these things are faithful and true. But then he said this, look at this. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowards, the faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars, their share will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire, with sulfur, which is the second death. Now, if you don't know what the second death is, I'm going to talk about that on Easter Sunday in a week, all right? But right now, I want you to see this. He says, look, that, that phrase is amazing. It is done. The Alpha and the Omega. The one who started this is the one who finished it. In fact, we even look at the Omega of the book of the Bible, right? The Genesis, the beginning, Omega, the end. Look at how it bookends. At the first book of the Bible, we see God look at the world and take a step back and say, it is good. He creates everything. It is good. It is good. It is good. He creates mankind, man and woman. And he says, it is very good. He noticed he didn't say perfect, but he said it was good. Meaning there's something divine in, of intrinsic value in creation. But things didn't end up good, right? We talked about that at the beginning of the series. All hell broke loose when Adam and Eve broke that law. And then what was created was corrupted. What was good was no longer good. And then we see in, this, in the scriptures, in the gospel, Jesus comes. He dies on the cross. Jesus' final declarative, dec declarative statement, you know what it was? It is finished. It is finished. Yet notice it's different than it is finished compared to 
it is done. It's two different phrases. Because when Jesus said, it is finished, he was really just getting started, okay? It was different. It is finished. He was saying, I finished paying for the sins of the world. My sacrifice covered every single one. He hung on that cross until the blood of Christ reached the altar of God and covered and atoned for each and every one of our sins, both mine and yours and everybody else's, if for all of eternity. It is finished. He accomplished the goal. But obviously we can see Jesus is still busy. He's alive still. And there's going to come a time when he's going to say, it is now done, over, no more working, no more striving. It is done. I love that. And, and the reward, he says this, notice, those who conquer, those who conquer will inherit all of these things, this relationship with God, all who conquer. They're going to be called sons and daughters of God. And now we know how to conquer. Now, conquer is not just us going out there with our grit, blood, sweat, and tears, and just getting it done and being faithful and just, you know, taking names and kicking demon butt. That's not what beating, that's not what conquering is. Because you and I, we talked about this last week, we cannot conquer the enemy alone. In fact, in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, we see how we conquer. John actually said it. He was describing, God was saying, and the angel was saying, that those who in the end will win, he says, they conquered the devil through the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. They conquered because they allowed the love of Christ to conquer them. That's how we do it. The blood of Christ who forgives us of our sins cuts us off from the hold of the enemy. And then the word of our testimony, that what we say matches up how we live and that we see that the life of Christ is impacting all that we do. That is, that is how we conquer. And if we just remain faithful, to the blood of Christ and to our testimony and our, our good confession in him. This is how God will describe us. This is how God will look and call us by name, conquerors. And we get to inherit this new reality with God forever. And so, see, the book of Revelation is amazing. And I know for a lot of people, it's intriguing. And for many, it's scary. Because you're like, oh, well, is it going to happen in our time? Is this going to happen to me? Look, the, God did not give John or us the book of Revelation to scare us, okay? He didn't do that. He gave it to encourage us, to help us to hold on, to have hope, to see if we know how the story is going to end. It doesn't matter what the current circumstance looks like. We know that it's going to be okay in the end. Look, if you've seen a movie and you already know that in the end the hero wins, you don't think that, you know, the hero might be dangling off a cliff, but you're not stressed. You're like, oh, no, I know he's going to make it. He's okay. Because I know in the end he's still going to be there. Right? So th that moment that could be so dramatic, it doesn't impact you emotionally or mentally because you know it's going to be okay. Right? That's what we're talking about here. When we get a glimpse of the end, even though things might be difficult right now, we can have this level of confidence to know that God is in control. He is making things new. All things will be recreated. The curse will be forever reversed. And we're going to be rewarded with an amazing relationship, a never-ending relationship with God. Now, some of you might be asking, why is God taking so long, right? That sounds awesome. Why can't you show up and do it now? I know, trust me. I've thought about that too, all right? I wonder why he's taking so long. But I do know one specific reason, because God in the gospel, he tells us, in, the, in his word, he tells us that God is taking his time to give each and every person more time to place their trust in him. That's what he's doing. He's giving you time right now, because if he comes too early, if he shows up too early, you ran out of time. It's too late. 
So God is being patient so that more and more people can get saved. So more and more people can be a part of this wedding and be rewarded with this eternal reality. So he's waiting on you. I know you might be waiting on him, but he's waiting on you. And so, guys, I want you to just encourage you right now. I know this moment is difficult. And I know this, this moment we just kind of feel stuck in the middle of this story. But that's where this whole application we've been talking about for the whole series has been. Remember, repent, and be renewed. Remember who God is. Remember how good he is. That God is God. That his word is true. Now, and look at the, even the word here. Remember that God is making all things new. That he is in charge. That things are going to be okay because he's, in, he's the king. He's sitting on the throne. Remember those things and then repent. I'm not just saying repeating an apology, repeating I'm sorry, forgive me of my sins. But continual repentance for believers is constantly finding areas in our hearts, in our mind, in our actions, and in our attitudes that are not aligned with God. And saying, Lord, I'm repenting, I'm repositioning myself to come under alignment, under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's constant. And the more we repent in that way, the more we are renewed. The more our hearts, our minds, our strength is renewed each and every day. And in fact, here's the big application to be able to end. It's this. Remember, repent, and re- and renewed, okay? Remember, repent, and be renewed regularly until your future identity influences your daily reality. Until your future identity influences your daily reality. That's what renewal looks like. Renewal looks like your future identity influencing your daily reality. We're not just waiting for God eagerly one day. No, we are welcoming him today joyfully. And we are following him today joyfully. And let me just tell you, what is your future identity? Well, we saw right here in Revelation what it is. Your future identity, if you're a believer in Christ, your future identity is a conqueror. Those who conquered, right? That's your future identity. So if, if you, if that is your identity in Christ as a conqueror, let that influence your daily reality. And the more the, you're a future identity of a conqueror, just God renews your heart around that, the more your daily reality will, will come in line with that. And the more you're going to be able to conquer your emotions and conquer your mind and conquer whatever obstacle comes, even conquer this crisis that we're feeling right now and experiencing right now. Because that is who you are and that is who you are becoming because we are being made new right now through Christ. That's what this is. That's what this gift that God has given us is so amazing. Knowing what's going to happen one day is impacting how we live today. In fact, I was thinking about this in my wedding with me and Alicia when me and Alicia got married. We got engaged in June, and we were planning to get married in July of the next year, okay? Not in a month, but in 13 months, long 13 months. I, I just, it couldn't come any faster. I just couldn't wait. And here's the thing. Because I knew that day was going to happen that in the future, my daily reality was changing. You know, I was starting to look at, okay, where am I going to live, right? I, I, I'm not going to live at home, right? I, wanna, I don't want to be that. You know, where am I going to live? My, my address was about to change. The way we did my finances was about to change. Uh, I started working out better. I wanted to make sure I looked good on my first, you know, on that honeymoon night, right? And so my daily reality was being influenced because of my future identity as a husband. 
who I was going to be was impacting every single day. And it was impacting the decisions I was making, all right? Because I was, I could not wait. In fact, me and her over those last 13 months of being engaged, we grew closer together because we weren't just boyfriend and girlfriend now. We were engaged and that brought us into, brought us closer until we got married. And then that brought us even more closer. Well, guys, I want you to know that that's who we are in Christ. If you're a believer in Christ, you're part of the family. You're, you're kind of engaged, all right? And that future wedding day, that future moment where we're going to be with God forever, forever, ought to be influencing every single decision that we are making more and more, more and more today. As we're growing into a greater relationship with God now until we get to the place and the time that day when we're going to be so close to God. that We, we, there's, we can't get any closer because that's, I mean, it's just going to be perfect. So our, that future identity needs to impact our daily reality. And listen, if you're a non-believer, if you don't know who Jesus is, or you're hearing this for the first time, or you're not sure if you're saved, listen, I want you to know that, remember on Palm Sunday, which is today, Jesus, yeah, he was welcomed by a bunch of people, and everyone thought, oh my gosh, he's, he's the king, he's going to save us, he's going to save us from Rome. And, and within a few days, a lot of them were like, oh wait, I, I, I thought he was going to be the guy, it, it didn't work out. And it gets more complicated after that, but here's the thing about Jesus. Everybody was excited to see Jesus, but Jesus' heart was breaking. We actually see in the Gospels that he was crying. Like he actually wept because he felt like the people, they're welcoming me, but they don't understand. They don't understand why, what I'm really doing. They missed out on their visitation. They missed out on their visitation. And listen, I want you to know God's heart breaks for you. He's been waiting. I know that there's so much negativity, so many bad things going on, but he's been waiting for you probably right now for this moment so you can welcome him as your Lord and Savior, all right, as your Lord and Savior. And the good news is that you don't have to go to God, okay? Jesus already came down. He is here, and he goes to you because we can't come to him. All you have to do is believe. Believe that he loves you more than you can understand and that you need him. All you have to do is believe and God will do the rest. All you have to say is yes to Jesus. Look, the cross of Christ, that's his proposal. That's him showing you, I love you this much that I did through all of this and made all of this possible so we can be together. So what do you say? That's the cross. The cross is a proposal from God to the world. And all you have to say is yes to Jesus. That's it. You can say yes to Jesus right now. And if you're saying yes to Jesus, that's it. God is making you already. It's already started. So if you're not a believer in Christ, just say yes to Jesus. And for all my other brothers and sisters, that you've already said yes. Well, listen, in the same way that Jesus' heart broke for the people that were missing out on their opportunity to encounter Christ, listen, our hearts should break. And in the same way that Jesus is on his way back, we need to go out of our way to bring the hope of heaven to a lost and dying world. That's what our focus needs. All right, because look, we got a story we're going to be telling. And the story that I want us to tell is, man, you know what? Yeah, things were hard. Things were difficult. Man, we watched a ton of movies. We ate a lot of quarantine snacks, okay? But you know what? We saw God move during our time like never before. God moved in my life, and, and because of me, uh, God used me to lead so-and-so to Christ and lead so-and-so to Christ who led so-and-so to Christ. That is the story, guys, that we're going to tell. We are going to tell a story of God's faithfulness and goodness in the, despite the dark times that we're living in. I believe it. That is the story. 
that we're going to tell. So don't get stuck in this current negative part of the story. Remember the end. Remember the end and tell a new story. Listen, no one knows the full impact. No one knows the full impact of COVID-19 and this whole economic shutdown. We don't know what the full impact is going to be. We don't, honestly. And, And I hate to say this, it could get much worse before it gets better. Yet, listen, we, we can get better. We can get better if we welcome Christ as our king by laying down our lives to the one who gave up his life for us. This is how we will obtain that level of confidence that we can deal with any single crisis. A confidence that can never be shaken. Because the same God, listen to me really quick, the same God that will call me and you conquerors one day is the same God that is helping us to conquer everything that we face today. That is a story worth So before we leave, so I want to wrap up today. I want to lead us all in a prayer. And let's, let's just worship God for a second, even in, even in our prayers right now. And let's just pray. Lord, God, I thank you that you are making all things new, that you are busy at work, even though there's so many of us, God, that our lives are on pause. But God, I praise you right now because there is no sickness, no virus that can cause you, Lord, to pause. There is nothing that can cause you to pause. You are still active, making all things new. And God, I pray right now that everyone who's listening to me right now on the screen, on the other side of the screen, Lord, I pray. I pray right now that your hand of healing, that your hand of protection, that your hand, your mighty hand, be active in their life right now, Lord. God, I pray and I extend right now just a hand of strength and a hand of mercy and the hand of grace over every single, every single person who's listening to me right now. God, I thank you because you are good and that you are doing a good work in this world despite despite all the bad that is happening. And God, I thank you right now, God, and I pray that, that any anxiety that we may be having, I pray, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And God, I ask that the hope of heaven begin to conquer our fears right now. Let the hope of heaven conquer any anxiety right now. Let the peace that comes from you, Lord, overcome every area and every emotion, every thought right now. To know that no matter the crisis that we are in, we are going to conquer this. Because, Lord, you, Jesus, have already overcome the world. And so if you're listening to me right now, again, just bring everything to the Lord. And just say, God, God, help me. Let my future. I want you to pray that prayer with me today. Say, Lord, may my future identity influence my daily reality. Pray that again. Say, Lord, may my future identity influence my daily reality. God, I know you're hearing our prayers and I know you're going to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And for all of you, as we're still praying, if any of you have, you haven't believed in Jesus yet, if you haven't said yes to God already, then hey, take a moment. Don't, don't waste another moment and say yes to Jesus right now because he, he can begin to make things in your life. He can make you better even if the world doesn't get better. All right, because in him, there is life. In him, there is life. And so I want to invite you right now, if that's you, just say yes to Jesus. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer if you don't know what to say. But honestly, my words are not, are not what's important. It's your heart. It's how you say. It's how you say it. So let's, just, let's all pray together and let's say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, God, that you are making all things new. 
And thank you, Lord, that you are inviting me into a new life with you. I ask that you forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to do the work that you have called me to do. Help me to have hope and help me to conquer all that needs to be conquered. I give you my life. It is not my own. And I receive yours. In your name I pray these things, Jesus. Amen. As I know, today is full of uncertainty, and we just don't know, right? Today might be like tomorrow, and it might be like the next, and and I I know that feeling of just, man, we just feel like we're in a loop, and we're just cycling through, and how are we going to get through this? When is this all going to be over? Look, I can't tell you that. I can't promise you when. But today, man, it's awesome to know that word. That, you know what, I don't know when this is going to be over, but we know that we are overcomers in Christ. My future identity, my future identity is impacting my daily reality. I am a conqueror, and so today, I can conquer today in Christ. So I pray that, pray that guys, you may find that level of confidence that maybe you were lacking or you forgot you had that is available in Jesus. And so guys, I want you to remember those things. Hold on to God. Hold on to Christ. All right, because though you may be distant from a lot of people, our God is never distant. He is actively making all things new, and that includes you. All right, so pray that prayer this week. Pray that prayer every single day. Lord, help my future identity become my daily reality today. Well, guys, I want to bless you. I want to make sure to remind you. All right, so we'll see you back next week on Easter Sunday as we're going to talk about the second death which is a very interesting and in how Jesus' death helps us to overcome that and avoid that second death that we see in the Bible. So until then, keep praying that prayer. All right, God is doing something in you. All right, don't let, don't sweat today, man. Just give God today. And remember, be a revolutionary and revolve your attitudes and your actions all around Christ so that he may continue to renew you and through you reflect his light into the darkness. God bless you. See you next week.